wonder if at some point we should just start the pod with just like in mid sentence, like just starting with a like pretending like we were just talking because we were just talking. You've forgotten that we've done that before. <laughs> yeah, we probably have. Yeah. So, uh, hi everybody, welcome to uh, Dad Pods. Welcome to Dad Pods. Yeah, I am Shane, and I'm Michael, and uh, we are uh, continuing our Dad Watch. And uh, tonight we, we have, have a doozy, a very, very special. We have a doozy. It might be a long one. I'm preparing everybody for that in advance. This we might be two parts. To talk about. It might be two parts. Who knows? We could probably get, we'll see if it, we can get it done. But uh, we are talking about the sixth installment of the Mission Impossible series. This one is Mission Impossible Fallout, the most recent one, released in what, 2018? I actually didn't realize this was the sixth one because kind of after they start stop numbering them, I kind of forgot. Like the Fast yeah. and the Furious movies, I, I stopped counting. But yeah, I never started counting the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh yeah, so that's there, there's that. Um, yeah, so you know they've been making these movies since uh, like '96, and yeah, I think that was the first one. That's '96, and I think they started re making them sort of faster and more furious mm -hmm. uh after say maybe the fourth one was it ghost protocol was like maybe ghost after protocol that one? wrote well so uh, similar to fast and the furious i feel like this series really hits its stride after they stopped numbering it <laughs> almost exactly yeah i think the it same. was ghost protocol i think that was the first one so yeah i think so you know we can we can, we could talk about um ranking of them uh, later but you know um they because I think they're currently filming two at the same time, mm -hmm. so they're gonna be there's gonna be two more coming out pretty soon. Uh, I don't know if they're gonna have it involve the, the the pandemic at all, but I know that there was some viral video and or viral audio of Tom Cruise uh, lambasting a couple of crew members that weren't wearing masks and stuff like right. that. Which probably pretty good of him actually to sort of yeah. Think. I was kind of like. People were upset about it, and I was like, "Why are you upset about it? That's kind yeah. of what you want your boss to do. You want it, your boss to stand up and say, "Hey, there's a lot of people riding on you doing your job." Yeah, right. It, and I don't care how innocuous it was. It's like, you know yeah. what? It's he's right. Like, there's nothing. He's else. absolutely right. I mean, he's a crazy person, and we can talk about that too. But you can't question his commitment to the movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> when I think about that, like the first one was. All the way back in 96 which is a long time ago <laughs> yeah almost what, it's 15, 25 years ago wait 25 wow 25 20, years ago yeah. 25 years for a series with only six movies in it you, when you put that in context of like modern franchises that's that seems odd yeah. and i i also think there's a marked change from the first three movies to like the modern the last three yeah the sure. last the last three it's really where it takes off and it mm -hmm. it's interesting it's like a almost like a retconned franchise <laughs> or like a reboot but this one's not a gritty reboot it's not a gritty reboot it's it not gets a, reboot. a little bit more flashy and it gets more sort of it's the same character almost. same same actor same same actor you know he's early 30s when when it first started and now he's uh this is the uh tom cruise's first movie post the wilford brindley line which is the uh you know how old wilford brindley was in the uh, movie cocoon yeah I can't remember. It's he's it's something like fifty five or something like that. Yeah, that's he that's does not. He looks. Let's just stay up right off right off the bat. Tom Cruise looks amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. 
uh, very famously, he does all his own stunts. Yes, most of them. <clears throat> now, I, I know there's a, a rather great deal of CGI. Like he, he's doing sure. a stunt, but it's not necessarily jumping over a building. It's <laughs> right. He's jumping, jumping in front of a green screen, screen and right. landing in a, on a top thing. But still. A lot of jumping. A lot there's of lots of jumping. There's so many scenes that occur here, and we can certainly talk about it, where I would be like in pain just yeah. doing what he's doing. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I can't even run in front of the green screen that fast for that as long as he's doing so. <laughs> that would hurt, man, with, with the, your hips and your knees and sort of just pounding the pavement like that. That's, that's tough. Well, and, and there are some things that are not CG, like the free climbing. Remember how the free climbing was the, the highlight of Mission Impossible 2, I believe? Two, it, it opens with the that. the John Woo movie, which yeah. is the only, really the only bad Mission Impossible movie. It's a total stinker. And uh, so that he just sort of does that free climbing again here as an aside. Like, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. not even a highlight. No, it's just like, I'm just going to, you know, I'll just free climb this little strip. Even though there's this rope next to me, I'm going to just climb on the uh, yeah because yep. it's fun mm -hmm. um so contextually villains in the mission impossible movie are fairly simple mm -hmm. right Mo almost everybody has some sort of link to the intelligence community like it's usually some disaffected agent that is now an anarchist uh yep. which is kind of what this is um spoiler alert we're going to spoil everything in yeah. this movie. So if you haven't seen uh, Mission Impossible Fallout... Um, you should do it. You should see it, yeah. I mean, you don't need to see the previous one, too, even though it's like it's the closest thing to a direct sequel that you'll ever see in kind of these kind of movies, almost mm -hmm. like Infinity War Endgame type because the villains are the same. Yeah. And there's some direct sort of linkage, but you don't have to have seen it. Um or there's some unfettered capitalists in there that are trying to make money. Those are your yeah. two basic things, like the arms dealers, arms dealers, and you know people that buy soldiers of fortune, that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, that was the plot of the first one. Like I think that was yeah. the. If there's any controversy, it's the John Voight character in the first movie. And this first movie is completely forgettable, so don't. I wouldn't bother with that one necessarily. It's it's overly complicated. Yeah, as they all are, but overly complicated in a weird kind of way. The John Voight character is supposed to be the protagonist from the TV show, right? And uh, he turns rogue, and right. that—that's the big twist. Not to be confused with Rogue Nation, which I believe is uh, the fourth. Yeah, it's <laughs> the fifth one. <laughs> and so, and that—that's how we cede control over the IMF to to Ethan Hunt, so the Tom Cruise character. Right. It's supposed to be the passing impossible, of the impossible mission force, I believe. Right. All, all you need to know about it is like what they, it's an interesting example. They took a fairly generic TV show. I guess the show wasn't actually that popular. It was, I mean, it was, but it was, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, the greatest thing ever. Right. No, very few people will say this was my favorite show. It wasn't the Twilight Zone or Star Trek, even. Like, right. You know, in terms of like popularity. I think, I think it was just known for the theme song. Mm hmm. Yes, and it might be the best theme song of any TV show ever. And you know, going into movies, it's pretty great too. Right. So the point is, they take this rather generic. It's a spy show, and mm -hmm. that's the trappings. Yeah. It's a spy yeah. movie. It is a spy movie, and so most of your villains are going to be either, you know, people that hate spies or ex-spies. Right. And that's it. That, that's that's every movie. 
Yeah, every movie. So this is a really good one, I will say. Oh, yeah. So let's start with the plot. So um, movie starts in Berlin. Mm-hmm. It's moody. It's, 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 it's kind of a weird sort of, I don't know if you noticed this too, it's, it is a very sort of weird, almost they're trying to set this mood of a dark, very, um, very moody Tom Cruise, but it's, it, it's quickly shifts and he's not that anymore. Yeah. But uh, so he gets his mission, his mission, should he choose to accept it, uh, is to keep these radical anarchists um, that are trying to acquire three rogue nuclear weapons. I believe this is the first time that the Mission Impossible movies have gone into nuclear weapons. Surprisingly so, yeah, even though yeah. it seems like they've such done a lots generic of chemical. Plot. Yeah, they've done lots of chemical weapons. They've done, you know, stealing valuable intelligence from, from the various agencies that would, you know, compromise missions all over. Right. Uh, there's been lots of that kind of stuff, but I think this is the first sort of, um, you know, legit nuke, nukes. They blew up. They blew up the Kremlin one time. <laughs> they sure did. Um, I have a question about the that way was that a conventional one. the yeah it was just like explosives. The way that the IMF gives missions, like what happens if you like sneeze during the play? You get to watch this once or listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you suddenly have to go to the bath. Like, what are the, you can't you, you, you can't. don't you, you you just you open it one and you can't sneeze. You can't cough. What if there's just like a, a car backfires outside and you didn't hear the name of the, you know, yeah. the, the key terrorist? Exactly, because it's gonna self-destruct it, just self-destruct in five seconds. Yeah, that seems like they a don't flaw. give you any. Yeah, and there's no follow-up. Like, who do I contact to actually, you know, give the yay or nay on this? Yeah, because it's it's your mission. Should you choose to accept it, you can walk away. How do they even know that they accepted it? There's no way unless they. I mean, his boss kind of shows up in a little bit spoiler yeah. alert yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, yeah Very some good of, question some some of these trappings don't work as well yeah so uh the bad guy from the last movie who's a guy named solomon lane he is in prison and he's being kind of passed around to different um countries for interrogation he's not giving anybody anything um but he was this radical anarchist who was a former spy uh and there's a leadership void and this this void has been um filled with a guy named john lark he's the kind of the mystery person that they're looking for in the early part of this film um so there's a scene in a dark parking structure which is thankfully empty these it's great that in these movies parking structures are always empty yeah there's never like you know somebody walks in and there's this there, there, there's this arms deal going on and somebody you know clicks their little clicker and it's like beep beep yeah, it doesn't happen. It's Kramer good. coming by looking for his car. Yeah, like where's my car? Have you seen? You know, or Never two happens. people like arguing after getting out of a shopping mall, because if you've ever gone to a shopping mall of a significant other, you're going to be you know arguing. Yeah, and yeah. to that end, does this have to be in Berlin? Like all we saw is the parking lot. Yeah, you, you and, and, a, and, a, and a moody dark hotel room. It's just that's where he was at, and that's where it's taking place. So it's yeah. in Berlin. So this is Mission Impossible European Adventure is kind of yeah. There's no the there's no American soil. I don't believe in any of this. Not in this one. Yes, but everything is spoken in English, I believe. Except mm -hmm. is there some stuff in uh, there? Might be some stuff in the I don't remember. In France, um, there's some. There's a little bit of, of French. A little bit of French. Yeah. So uh, so this this deal where they're trying he's trying to acquire all these nuclear weapons with a bunch of cash goes south. 
mm-hmm. and they lose their they lose the their cash and their nukes. I think yep. they lose both of them. Um, and he apparently, you know, gives up the nukes in in exchange to save his teammates, Ving Rhames and Shaun of the Dead. Right. So that's how it's presented in the rest of the movie. His right. you know his superiors chew him out for that. Having rewatching this now, watching it, you know, knowing exactly what's going to happen. I don't think that's the case at all that he's like, mm-hmm. he, it was an A or B choice. And maybe the audience isn't supposed to feel that way either. Like that things went South. Yeah. You know, you see, you don't see it very clearly. Like he's got the nukes in hand and he's like at the wheel and could decide no, he to never go. Did. They were, they were sort of like, they were on the ground and they sort of got slid across. They're getting they shot gonna, at. Yeah. They were getting shot at. So it's not exactly like he was, you know, safe and then could have picked up the nukes and run with it. But anybody has been, it was a uh, Shaun of the dead's fault. Yeah. Shaun of the dead could have, Secured it better for sure. Yeah. Yes. And we will refer to uh, Shaun of the Dead as Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the actor's name. Yeah. And I can't remember the character's name either. either. Benji, actually. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead's better. Shaun of the Dead's better. Uh, so, one other thing is you get to see Ving Rames again. Ving Rames has been in all of the movies. Yes. Pretty cool. A couple uh, of the movies were very small roles for him. Yeah. And this one, well, as we'll get into it, like his role's bigger, as is yeah. Benji's role. Uh, this one, does a really good job of using the whole team. Yeah, I think it's sort of, it's clearly, and I haven't, and I will say that I haven't seen a single Fast and the Furious movie, but it is sort of trying to sort of create that family atmosphere that that movie apparently, those movies apparently do, sort of creating this team that's with that's, that's with Tom Cruise. It's not just him doing impossible white man things. Yeah, and there's actually, a lot of that though. There is a way. ton of that. Uh, I will say, I think it actually is really cool to keep the same team members because having watched all of them, you get that continuity and it actually does make the connections like just that much stronger. and It, it yeah. adds to the, the enjoyment. Now, I can't remember what happened. So Jeremy Renner was part of the team for a while, but I guess he, they either killed him off or something. Yeah. So part of the thing, <laughs> the first movie, the IMF team is actually pretty big. A lot of them yeah, get killed huge. off. Yeah, it's like yeah. six people. I think Emilio Estevez was a was a member. Of the he team. was, and he gets he gets ganked in like the first t- ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a lot of R. famous R. actors in the mm-hmm. the beginning of that one, until the, we get to the point where like he's got to assemble a crew, and he assembles Ving Rhames, and someone else is supposed to be the Benji character, uh, and and then later on like they kind of settle on this crew. So now now his his big team they keep referring to this IMF team. It's like it's three dudes. <laughs> it's three dudes, and one of them is Shaun of the Dead. Right, so who doesn't do field work, and neither does uh, Ving Rhames. Ving, Ving Rhames, so it's like he, they're both he's always nerds. a tech guy. Yeah, yeah, they're so, both like tech guys, and then it's Tom Cruise. So I, I think this shows again the evolution of the series, where they sort of consolidated everything. It's like let's get down to this core. These three work really well together. They're, there's a lot of charisma there. They're mm-hmm. they're interesting, and if you've seen the other ones, you, you have enough context to know like, oh yeah, Ving Rhames, he's yeah. tech guy. That's all you need to yeah. know. But so they set it up as this like thing where where Cruz makes this sacrifice, like he's sacrificing the 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 nukes for Ving Rhames. Right. And there's what's what's interesting is you you pointed out it didn't really work that way. Mm-mm. And there's no payoff for that later. No. Like there's no like he does the same thing again and it works out in his favor. Right. right. It's like uh, yeah. So it, um, it's almost taken it's as weird. a given. It's like of course you're you have to save yeah. the team. Like that's exactly. That's more important than than the lives of billions of people. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, with the help of Wolf Blitzer, 
they're able to gain valuable in in intelligence from a uh, uh, Norwegian anarchist physicist. <laughs> that was an in increasingly complicated character. Yes. For one scene. Yes. So they set up this like hospital scene where they, they crash into his car and they, they knock him out. And he's this anarchist. I don't know why he was so easy to find, but he's an anarchist and he's got special information on his phone and then he has passcode. So they do this. Spe so it's a, it's, a, it's the first face ripoff of the movie. Yeah. So Wolf Blitzer is in on TV and he reads this manifesto that, you know, that's the deal that the Norwegian anarchist physicist has decided that um, if I get that information, I'll give you the passcode, whatever. So he reads the man uh, manifesto. Um, he's made, they've made it seem like, the nuclear weapons have all gone off at three different sites around the world, right. all religious sites. Like really uh, dark, open. Yeah, yeah, it's like super dark. Like Rome and yeah. Jerusalem and mm -hmm. Mecca, like millions upon millions of people are dying in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Um, so um, they fool the the Norwegian anarchist physicist. Yep. Uh, with the help of a face ripoff, so it's not really Wolf Blitzer, and it wasn't really a news report. They just made that all up. Yeah, a lot of production values went, went into that little fake. That had to have cost like what? $50,000? Oh, well, so let's talk about this. So not only do we get the the rip, ripping of the face mask, this is a big yes. thing. In every, every, every Mission Impossible has at least two fit race, fit face responses. Yeah, and this one comes really early, right? This yeah. is within the first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Also, the walls come up to reveal that Wolf Blitzer yeah. Fake Wolf Blitzer, who's Shaun of the Dead, is just yeah. in the next room over. Right. They didn't need to do that at all. No, 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 no. They didn't need to have all the fake walls and made it look like a hospital. I mean, it, they needed to have fake walls, I guess, but they could have put that could have been anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, that's just the IMF being dicks, right? Like we did this yeah. just to uh, to show off to the uh, Norwegian anarchist physicist. Right. <laughs> we got them. Yeah, and they. I mean. And they didn't need to have like the removable walls either. It could have been just like, <laughs> no they didn't need to like, you know, they didn't need to spike the football. Yeah, they got the information and they didn't need to like trash talk the Norwegian anarchist physicist. They didn't even have to like, tell them. They're like, no. okay. Yeah. Like what? They could have just knocked him back out. Like what, what the hell is he right. going to do? That, that being said, it was awesome. I really like that. I, I, yeah, it was a great scene. That's, that's <laughs> why the reason the, the people that are impressing is us. Uh, so, uh, cool. <laughs> so here's a question about face removals. Mm -hmm. Does this movie work as well if it's a different uh, anchor? Like if it's not guy? Wolf Blitzer. If it's not Wolf Blitzer. Okay, so I believe it has to be CNN. Yeah, because then it's not... Because CNN is seen as less political than some of the others. Can't be Fox at all. That doesn't right. make any sense whatsoever. Uh, CNN is also fairly international. As much as we don't like to admit it, it's like actually right. probably the one seen everywhere. So that, that would... A Norwegian anarchist physicist yeah. would recognize someone on CNN. Right. I guess the only question is, could it could have been someone else on CNN? Right. Like Anderson Cooper. Could it have been Anderson Cooper? Could have been Anderson Cooper. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I like Wolf Blitzer is that you know Wolf Blitzer's on the Situation Report, which is a cool name for a show that's going to have within you know, your show within your right. movie. Yeah, exactly. That that would that's why I would go to Wolf Blitzer first. Uh, it's my belief that. Wolf Blitzer was the first person to say yes. Probably. The only other person I think I could have went, and, and it probably wouldn't have gone well because this is like a European, like you, you mentioned. Like, I think he probably could have gone Brian Williams mm -hmm. from NBC. Like, that's yeah. probably maybe the only other guy. Um, 
but it's, uh, it's really Brian Williams is probably yeah. going to tell the story that he was in this movie. Yeah, forget that. Like, <laughs> I actually think it is really important for these movies to feel international. Like you'll again, we we talked about this. There's a reason that they don't set foot on American soil the whole time. Right. Yeah. But everybody speaks English. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's international without actually being international. Right. I think they. I think that this movie was entirely shot internationally too. Yeah. Um, uh, this is this is this is Cruz. Cruz has become like a like a production company unto himself. Mm-hmm. Like these are a major studio movie, but he gets his own funding secured for them. Yeah, like it's it talks about Alibaba funding. That's like China. He's yeah. going to like some really really sketchy areas to get money for. His yeah, money. and that's how a lot of these. If you're not Disney, Disney can do whatever they want. They have right. all the money in the world. That's how a lot of these um, kind of genre movies are made now. There's Legendary Pictures funds a lot of Alibaba now funds a lot because they've it's, it's what what do you do when you have a lot of cash like what are things that you can yeah. put a lot of cash into and maybe make a lot and movies are one of them mm-hmm. it it is an interesting thing of like behind the movies because Cruz secures his funding the nice thing about that is he could take this and go somewhere else he's like you know what right. i don't like you guys i'm gonna go over here and he's made right. he's in control of his own destiny yeah he is and we should get to that but he's like a he's a top five movie star of all time yeah, he's he knows how to make movies. This this movie, that opening was a lot of fun. Let's just talk about yeah. that. Like that yeah. was that's a cool. I think opening. this is and this is all pre credits, right? Yeah, this is when, when the pre- credits come in. Yeah, he rips off. He's Wolf. He's not Wolf Blitzer. He's Shaun of yeah. the Dead, and the yeah, credits Shaun go. Yeah, let's talk about those credits for a little bit. Um, yeah, it's the it's the one show that does the credits where it's got like blips and pieces of scenes that come later in the movie it, it reveals what the movie's gonna because it's made it, re- as like it reveals show. much of the yeah it's a little bit strange it's got like a it, yeah it it's 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 unique certainly i i find it a lot of fun especially having seen the movie already seeing it again mm-hmm. but like i remember when i saw it the first time and seeing that like oh those that's interesting this is going to be in here <laughs> like yeah. you know that tom cruise is going to be on a motorcycle not that that should be a surprise he's no. always on a motorcycle he should be wearing a helmet, but we can talk about that. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting tip of the hand, right? Like a lot of times you wouldn't do that. You don't want to reveal to the audience that these things are going to happen in any way. Mm-hmm. But this movie doesn't care. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So, uh, so yeah, so they're able to use that uh, intelligence uh, and they know where the deal... So... They didn't have their nukes stolen by the anarchists, thankfully. Yes. They had their nukes stolen by somebody else that's going to try to that's going to turn around and sell them to the anarchists. Is this one of the few movies where the plot revolves around a middleman? <laughs> it's that's an excellent question. It's it's so bizarre that like yeah, there's a lot of brokeraging going on. Yeah, there. is it like the most famous middleman? Is that I mean that's Jerry Maguire, right? He's an agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's another Cruise movie. He's all about the middleman. Yeah, this is a terrorist so, um, moment. Here we get, uh, so Alec Baldwin is head of the uh, IMF mm-hmm. or whatever, and we get a great little pep talk that he gave Tom Cruise. Uh, best Baldwin pep talk since Glengarry Glen Ross. Baldwin's great in this. And uh, yeah, and a lot fewer uh, curse words. Yeah. Um, totally. I don't think there are any curse words, in fact, in this one. Which um, is so they're about, yeah. to, they're about to do this thing where they um, get into a plane and they're going to Paris. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in walks the CIA, Angela Bassett, can't remember her character's name. Um, we could refer to her as Tina Turner or Angela Bassett, however you want uh, to. She's both. And then, and Superman. Yeah. 
Um, uh, they're from the CIA. Uh, so they forced Superman to go along with Tom Cruise uh, because the president apparently said so. She says, she's like, I already spoke to the president and he said that you must do what I say. Yeah. I would uh, have had like a, at least like a 10 second phone call to be like, to verify that. Yeah, because people like if you're lie a lot. When you're just like, really, you talk to the president? Let me talk to the president. I don't believe you. Yeah, because we've, yeah. we've kind of established this in this whole series that like people lie all the time. They're like, ah, mm-hmm. actually I didn't. <laughs> Yeah, they're professional liars. So I would have just like, you know, yeah. 10 seconds. It would have been a 10-second phone call. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, we've established, you know, Henry Cavill, uh, Superman. He's in this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go ahead and say he's better in this than he is in Superman. Oh, yeah. Pretty easily. And, uh, his, uh, his existence in this movie is the reason why there, are, there, were, there were those terrible reshoots for the last Superman or the last Justice League movie. Yeah, because he's got a stash in this one. And he doesn't have it. He's got a stash it. in a very, in like a nine o'clock shadow everywhere else or five o'clock shadow so um it would have been pretty darn easy for him to have a fake mustache in this movie yeah but he wasn't going fake yeah he refused yeah so for some reason they jump out of a plane into a lightning storm yes over paris yeah uh and then into a fancy party where once they get down to the ground it's not raining yeah i'm not sure where that storm went uh strange another question couldn't they have just driven? <laughs> they apparently That's had an f- excellent question. They had because fake they, IDs. <laughs> they had fake IDs to get into the party, but they couldn't go through the front door, apparently. Got to jump out of a plane. Got to jump out of a plane. So there's a whole thing about not having oxygen and yeah. they black out. And then yeah. they, they it's super them. cool. Again, it's a great super scene. Super cool. But it's, it's completely, it's yeah, in the plot of the movie, completely unnecessary. This is how the movie whole works. It's like, you know what? They don't have to do this, but it looks awesome. So okay, we're speaking do it. of, so <laughs> yeah. they find John Lark. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Not really. It's it's somebody that they think is John Lark because he's got the RFID bracelet. Right. Because apparently this is a party where you get an RFID bracelet. bracelet. Just like Disneyland. Yeah. I've never been to... The new, the Magic Bands. Party. This is a party I, that's Magic I, Bands. I, I, I have a set of Magic Bands next to me. Well, there you go. Because I got, because I got tickets to Disney World for last year before the COVID thing oh. happened. Well, you could so go to this fancy to party. You could I got be to the... keep their RFID bands. You could They're be useless. John Lark. Yeah. I okay. could be you know, I could be Neil Lark. Now they have a Mickey Mouse on them, so it's mm-hmm. not exactly John Lark, but... not quite as intimidating. <laughs> so they found they find quote unquote John Lark. And uh, he they they Superman and Cruz um, kind of corner him in a bathroom. Yeah. And there's this amazing amazing three way fight scene. Yeah. So many great moments from this fight scene. This is a really good fight scene. Uh, this is a really good fight scene. It was used a lot in the trailer, especially uh, Superman taking off his jacket to like, you know, punch. Flex his muscles. He apparently, he was wearing a, sh- before before he got in that fight, he was wearing a shirt without a pocket and he like <laughs> pumped his fists and the pocket ensued. It was just kind of a weird, bad editing kind of situation. But he <laughs> yeah. Drew a pocket from just his pumping up his fists again a little bit of a strange edit in a movie that's otherwise the production values are great yeah um, this is a great fight it's an amazing fight they're using all kinds of like uh martial arts it's like mm-hmm. you know it's very it's brutal everybody gets their ass kicked yeah the walls are made of chalk apparently because Appar- uh, yeah because you they, can throw people through chalk all the, the time walls. You could just um, rip pipes out of the a sink. The bad guy pulls a pipe out of the bottom of the sink. 
I've thought like, about that now. I feel like I should be able to pull the pipe out of my sink just by pulling well, it. And you, you and I are both dads, so we probably had our share of, you know, replacing those kinds of pipes. Right? Oh, yeah. Pain in the ass. They're not something you can just pull out of a wall. <laughs> no. Don't do that. It's hard. Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, they're screwed in with like, you have to have like a tool. Well, and it'll take you yeah. 20 minutes to get it off of the thing with the, yeah. and you got to make sure that you got, it's not rusted. It's, yeah, well, this is really in my household, thankfully, uh, it's plastic. So John Lark will never be able to stab me with a pipe from there. He's just gonna <laughs> <laughs> won't even bruise. Yeah. So, um, so they do eventually uh, subdue him. -ish. Yeah. But then he wakes up, and they can't they can't um, create a face because Superman broke the laptop. Yeah. The whole point of this was to they were gonna make another face. Yeah, yet another face. They always call it the rubber mask. I'm like, this is yeah. some crazy rubber mask. Because yeah. uh, it just, all of a sudden, you look exactly like that person. Yeah, like this is... Although, uh, apparently, this technology actually does exist. Like, uh, there was a, a recent podcast about, like, they talked about spies. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, the CIA, the story is, CIA agent goes up to, uh, you know, then President Bush and like gives a whole presentation about like the face replacing technology they have. And then at the end of it, she goes like, by the way, I'm actually not this person. I'm face reveal this person. And so they actually can do this with a very good, uh, I don't think it's as easy as like having a laptop pointed and like printing it out and right. do it on the field. But I like, would imagine it would take hours to create. Right. I'm sure it was a lot harder. However, that being said, we can do this, which is cool. I think that's pretty cool, and that's a good good use of technology. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so Lark wakes up, and he's about to kill Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And in walks uh, Ilsa. Now is she a love interest, or is she just like the girl from the last movie? She's the girl from the last movie. We should talk about it at the end. She's sure. not at this point in time. She's not a love interest. Her name is Ilsa. Yep. So she comes in. She's MI6. Yep. She uh, shoots the guy in the head. head right. Face. And I'm going to say I like that she's not the love interest at this point. From the yeah. vast majority of the movie, she is not. They're basically co-workers, fellow spies. With a complicated relationship. Well, they were in the last movie together. Yeah. And she yeah. was deep undercover working. We thought she was a bad guy working for uh, Solomon Lane. Turns out she wasn't. Uh, and she is uh, in this movie. Um, she comes there to uh, uh, at the right time to help Cruz. Right. So they she, can't make a face. They can't make a face of this guy because they, they would make a face then with a bullet hole through it. Yeah. So they decide not to do that. And Cruz decides to just pretend to be John Mark. Right. They're hoping that uh, the person that they're the broker that they have to see, the White Widow, has right, never seen Widow. John Mark. Yeah. We're we're hoping that. Right. Um, so the actor playing John Lark at this point in time was, is an Asian actor. Yeah. So yet again, we have the white actor replacing the Asian actor. Yeah. It's pretty Com bad. A little complicated. A little, yeah, that's but a little it, it's Tom Cruise and he just wanted to be in more scenes, I think. You realize Tom Cruise has done this before. He was the last samurai. Which is, I will say, it's a, it's a much, that movie is a lot more sort of, um, respectful of Asian culture than say something like the, the most recent Matt Damon movie where he was playing oh, yeah. the same role. Yeah, that, he's the white samurai. So The Last Samurai, Tom Cruise is not The Last Samurai. Ken Watanabe no. is The Last Samurai. Right. Exactly. So, 
it just happened to be that he was starring in it. Yeah, yeah he's the star that makes that movie uh, get funded, I guess. That's a good movie, actually, I think. Last Samurai is actually good. It's, they're going to remake um, Dances with Wolves like a billion times. <laughs> I think we've established that. Last Samurai yes. is a good example of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shorter than Dances with Wolves and less boring. Yeah, it's pretty so, fun. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, so we, we get to meet the broker. Yes. So the broker is uh, the White Widow, played by mm -hmm. Vanessa Kirby, and she is... Um, I wrote this down. The standout gonna be a superstar type of performance in this movie. She's, she's really super good. charming. She's really good. She's funny. She's got she's got spunk. He, she explodes off the yes. like you remember she steals this, every scene she's in. She's a cameo probably with about fifteen minutes of total time, if that. You want her in the next movie now? She's in the next movie. Oh, well, there we go. I didn't even know that. There you go. I actually, I read it. So she's, she's in the, at least the next one, maybe even the one after that. Oh, well, I'm glad because uh, she's very entertaining in this. Yeah. Like, uh, not, she's kind of a bad guy. At this point in time, we think of her as a bad guy. Later on, we'll right. find out she's not. And uh, you're kind of glad for it. Yeah. So, uh, so Cruz gets her to trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, they re he realizes that uh, there's a bunch of assassins trying to get him for some reason. They want to kill the White Widow, allegedly. And John Lark. Right. So they, there's been a lot of hits made on John Lark, who's this uh, supposed international terrorist. <clears throat> so, um, so, yeah. So there's a bunch of people that try to kill him and her mm -hmm. as they try to leave this party. And there's some more fights and, you know. Pretty good fights. Yeah, it's not as good as the bathroom fight, but it's, you know. So yet again, we have a fight in a casino, right? <coughs> yeah. So we have the fight. I didn't realize this party is also taking place in a casino, but like that's where he meets the White Widow. And uh, they, they all come in. She's got her protection. Who They all suck. And uh, I right. think you could explain that because they're French bodyguards, and of course they suck. So of course, yeah. this is okay. The Tom Cruise mm -hmm. comes in to, to save the day. Uh, and not only Tom Cruise, but also Ilsa, Ilsa and, and Superman, Superman comes they, at the end. Yeah, they, they come and make sure that these assassins, would-be assassins, don't take care of uh, him and the yeah. Widow. Are you really an assassin if you fail? No. Yeah. Not at all. Would-be hitman. Would-be hitman. Yeah. So So anyway, so they, they all go back to, well, Superman and, and Tom Cruise and uh, Vanessa and the White Widow. They all go back to the White Widow's, you know, evil lair, which is an amazingly huge French palace. Yep. And they walk in the front door and there's just about 15 guys and they're all just like loading and cocking weapons and cleaning. It's like, what's going on here, guys? Yeah. And it's supposed <laughs> to be her brother and his crew. Yeah. And his crew. And she's, she's, you know, she has this front of being a legit, you know, philanthropist kind of person. Yeah. But then you walk into her front door and there's just a bunch of hitmen with uh with you know right everybody and they're all doing it at the same time and it's just like <laughs> guys come on we're, we're on a break <laughs> yeah again and this is where i like to make fun of the french and say like this is this is how a french uh, bodyguard likes to they yeah. like to flex so yeah so um so in in order to actually get the uh nuclear weapons tom cruise has to free the bad guy from the last movie, the right. Solomon Lane guy. Solomon That's Lane. the price. So there's no money that he has to come up with. 
what what he has to do is to release the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets so, one as a down payment. He's gotten one of the the plutonium cores. Yeah. So he got that, and I guess that goes to a safe spot. I don't know where they're. Yeah. Going. Hopefully in a safe. Put that in a, you know, your your Wells Fargo. Uh, yeah. Safe deposit box. Exactly. But there's two out there, right? Yes. So there's two more. And uh, so they come up with a plan to uh, release the bad guy. Their plan initially is just kill everybody. Kill a lot of cops. Kill a lot of cops. And Cruz won't do that. Cruz doesn't kill cops, apparently. Right. Um, but uh, so there's this weird. I, so they're transporting Solomon Lane. Mm-hmm in a helicopter and yes. then they put him in a bulletproof truck yes that's the, the whole plan somewhere else. this is the the plan is to get him in the bulletproof truck mm-hmm. it's unclear why they had to switch from a helicopter to a bulletproof truck i assume they take him on a really long truck they ride. do i, I why assume didn't they, it's a helicopter you can fly closer to him. maybe there's no helipad at the other place because you do need a helipad you do need a helipad, but wasn't isn't there a closer helipad? One would think, but it's France. I don't know. It's really Paris. I, maybe there's something about Paris that is just like there's a, a an extreme lack of helipads. Right. That's the answer. It's the only possible answer. Uh, there's also the scene here where Superman talks to Tina Turner, and right. uh, this is actually kind of clever, right? He, you know, that he's trying to frame uh, Tom Cruise. At this point. At this point. He, he gives a, a, a cell phone that is... That was supposed to have belonged to John Lark. Right. That it's we a, saw in the in the fight scene... Uh, spoiler. We, in the fight scene in the bathroom, Right. we saw that it was busted up and Tom Cruise couldn't even turn it on. Right. And then here, you see a pristine one. A pristine one. So, so it's... Dun, 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 dun. It's kind of nice that they rely on the audience to, like, not forget that, even though this was, like... Right at least a half hour of action packed minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And you're, 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 it's like, yeah, you're kind of, kind of coming down off a cocaine high. Mm-hmm. And but it's cool. Speak, I, I like that. Speaking That's of the... cocaine highs. Yeah. So this heist, so they, so they break Tom Cruise comes up with a, an alternate plan mm-hmm. to release Solomon Lane, which involves cars and trucks, motorcycles and boats. Yeah. So let, we're about to get into that, right? So like we saw the plan, the bad guy's plan to get Solomon Lane, which involved a lot of shooting, right? The shooting right. of a lot of cops. And then we get, so after this whole discussion, we get into the actual execution. So the this long helicopter ride of, Sol, of Solomon Lane, he lands, yes. comes out, Tom Cruise screws the whole thing up. He yes. knocks him into the water. He knocks him into the water he's gotten this he's got this whole plan set up where i'll knock him into the water figure out a way to go without killing a lot of cops so yeah so in walks Shaun of the dead and ving rings yep and they they get him they get solomon lane out of the water yep he's still you know in handcuffs and all that stuff so they they've got him on a boat yeah and they're taking him to a safe rendezvous point yeah there's lots of rendezvous points meanwhile tom cruise has to go in his truck and superman Superman, they go really fast in their truck. They Backwards. go down a highway, or not a yes. highway, an alley. They managed yes. to get the truck stuck in that little alley. Perfectly. They figured this, they, they directed it there because they come out and they, there's two motorcycles waiting for them. Yeah, so that was planned. Yeah. Now, the one, the one thing that doesn't happen planned is that Tom Cruise's motorcycle doesn't start right off. Right. It takes him a second. So 
he has to get extracted then by uh, Shaun of the Dead yeah. and Bing Rames. Yeah. So he goes on this awesome, this, this is an amazing chase scene. He's on a motorcycle. There's every cop in Paris is chasing him. It's like they're going around every landmark that you know of in yep. in uh, Paris. So you, he drives the he wrong way around, around the Arc de Triomphe and yep. everything. Yep. I love it. Yeah, that, that was really good. Of course, he goes the wrong way there. He could have gone the right way. Of course, yeah, he but... could have. But you know what? He's Tom Cruise. So and he's and he's doesn't have a helmet. No, he doesn't want to shoot the cops. This is why he went right. through this whole plan. He's totally okay with them crashing all over the place. And, the and killing civilians by like having their cars flip over and all that totally, stuff. Yeah, totally that's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, and this is like, if you, if, you, if you don't watch this movie, if you don't want to watch this movie, just watch, just like search YouTube for motorcycle chase mm-hmm. fallout and yeah. you'll find this. And this is worth watching, spending, it's, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I can't remember. That's an amazing scene. It's so amazing. In a lot of movies, this would have been the end of that movie. It could have been. Right. Well, yeah. It's not the climax of this movie, though. No. Because, because part one of this chase, and it's part one of the chase. <laughs> it's only so part one. Tom Cruise thinks he's in the clear all of a sudden, and he ends up crashing into a car and then flying, like, what, 30 feet? Mm-hmm. You know, doing like a like combat role afterwards, no helmet. <laughs> yeah, and look and, he, for that. and he walks away from it. He limps away from it, but he walks away from it. Yeah, and then, you know, jumps into some sort of sewer drain that's like goes into an underwater canal. Right, and what it's I like really about fortunate. this this shot though, this was made. He's clearly aiming to go there because you see him as he's running into that thing that he's going to jump into. He takes a knife out of his jacket. Right. All you see it do is jump into this little thing behind a bush. And then the next scene you see is that like there was a net there and he's cut right. it away and he's gone through the sewers and that's where he meets Benji and Bing Rains. He just jumped right into the boat and they just kind of leisurely, you know, boat off. Yeah. It's another example though of like efficient storytelling. Like you don't see him do that cut. You just see him take the knife out and you're like, what the hell's going on there? And then like it it hints again that they've planned a lot of this. So a lot of this movie and I think a lot of the Mission Impossible movies are about like, hey, the good guys have planned all this stuff and that foils the bad guys. But the bad guys also have their other plans and sometimes that foils the good guys. And there's like right. always a, a plan and counter plan that's going yeah. on. So uh, part two of the chase starts. So they, they meet back up with all of the members of the team. So they've got Lane, they've got Superman, they've got uh, Shaun of the Dead and Ving Rhames. And they're about to get into two different cars so they can go off to wherever they're going to go. Um, so Tom Cruise is with, uh, uh, do they all get into one car? I can't remember now. Yeah, they do because so, there's a comment of the, the car is too small. Right. Okay. Yeah, right, right, right. So it's like a BMW or a Mercedes, something like that. Um, they run into a female cop who, uh, tries to stop them. And Tom Cruise is like, Hey, just walk away. Just walk away. Uh, she gets shot by one of the white, white widows brothers team or whatever. Right. Tom Cruise doesn't like that. So he kills them yes the, he assassinates then, the whole crew <laughs> with like in like a second yeah it's like a boom 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 kind of thing and yeah. then he helps the cop and then they take off in this bmw they're being chased by somebody on a motorcycle that's trying to kill lane turns out that's dun, 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 it's ilsa 
from yes. the previous movie because she's been contracted by MI6 to kill that guy. Yeah. So she's chasing the BMW in a motorcycle, another amazing chase scene, running away, and she's like firing a rifle at them from long distances and then gets up closer yeah. and stuff like that. And then she hesitates. She's got them cornered, right? And like, well, not cornered, but like face off. And she's like, she's beat him to this punch and she's got him and she hesitates for a second. Yep. And then Tom Cruise runs her over. Yes. <laughs> or knocks into her and, 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 you know, so bowls her over. That, this is a good time to talk about the Tom, the Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise chivalry. Yes. So, you know, he clearly, he has to save the, the female Parisian cop getting killed here even though again we've talked about how he's made a lot of cops uh get into these high-speed sure. car chases which yeah. could have easily led to their death mm-hmm. uh and ilsa will later on we'll see there's cert- certainly a, a great deal of affection he's got for her mm-hmm. although right here he's totally willing to run her over yeah <laughs> and yeah, he, he does totally willing yeah yeah and he knew it was her because yeah. she oh. like takes the helmet off and everything yeah didn't need to take the helmet off but she does yeah yeah in uh, fact she would have been safer way safer there there is some cool stuff going on though because like you see the esta- you see her established as this like biker chasing the whole scene like she's mm-hmm. been watching what's been going on you don't know it's her this is the first time you see that it's her right yeah so yeah a little bit of fun for the audience where you all right you so uh then there's uh there's another underground garage scene where there's nobody there. <laughs> Great. It's just an empty sort of underground dank thing. They use a drone to, so apparently Nate, uh, Solomon Lane had a tracker in him. So uh, they, they use that to, they use a drone to fly away the tracker. Um, and spoiler alert, they put a tracker in him. Mm-hmm. So they can keep him keep him under wraps that right later. and solomon lane gets to do his little bit of acting here and he gives their his whole reason for being of like uh the world is so bad and yeah. therefore it needs to be blown up for some god knows why reason yeah to, to make i it. will say this is a really good movie he's really uninteresting yeah that guy you know who is interesting is superman superman's very interesting we haven't established yeah. You know, his connection. We haven't established yet. that yet, but let's we we can move on. Yeah. Um, so Cruz meets up again with the White Widow. Um she now wants uh Ilsa killed because mm-hmm. uh she tried to foul things up and she thinks that uh uh Elsa has killed the rest of her team when it was actually Cruz. And you know, there might be a little sexual tension because she's cute and you know, yeah. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um uh, they set up a meeting to exchange the bad guy for the plutonium. This is going to be in another underground something somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in London. Of course. Dun, 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 dun. So, you know, when you're when you're transporting an illegal prisoner mm-hmm. from Paris to London, how do you do that? Isn't there the tube? Can, can you use that but now? Can or? you can you just like take a crazy guy with a beard with it's handcuffed on the tube on the tunnel? <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I think you've got it like, like you and I couldn't do this. Like we'd have to put our passports in. Like what do we do with his passport? He's a right. passport. It's probably in his prison. True. True. You know? So that's a, that's a question for later. Yeah. They just end up there though. We don't, yeah. they, they don't even like answer that. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we have this underground scene. 
So yeah, we're, we're in yet another basement. I, I actually think we might have to end part one here. <laughs> okay, this might be a good spot. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're in London. Um, so for next time we're in London and we're underground. Yeah. yeah. But it's not the London underground. It's not the London underground. Uh, all we've done, we haven't even hit the, some of the high points or the low, we haven't hit the Nadir. So we're, we're in the middle of act two. That's as far as we've made it. Yeah. So um, I, I'll ask you, Shane, for this part of the movie, we've gone through roughly half. Uh, is the audience entertained? <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. I think the audience is very entertained. This is, this is great. You've got a lot of great characters so far. Uh, I think the white widow is now someone, you know, that has to go on. I'm glad to hear that she is going to be in the next one. Mm -hmm. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, the, the person that we've seen as that we've established so far as the main bad guy is the return of Solomon Lane. Not very interesting actually. No, I think just he's, he's, he's not a great actor maybe. Perhaps. Uh, he's just not interesting. He's just very generic. Like, oh, I think the world should be anarchy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Who cares? I do think what's, what's, what is kind of interesting about um, this movie and maybe the, the previous couple is they are really trying to create like this, this universe, this team, this yeah. kind, of, uh, kind of like a cinematic universe around this. Um, I think that's what Cruz wants as much as anything. Yeah, um, is to create like a cinematic universe, and he's done it around this. He tried it with like the Mummy, right? Like he tried to do like right. the Universal, um, and that just bombed. But um, uh, but you know, so successful for him. One of the interesting things to me about this movie is like, who's the director? Like, do you know off the top of your head? I looked it up. It's a guy McQuarrie. Yeah, is the guy that he gets. I'm yeah. looking it up now. I'm like, he's not someone we talk about though. This movie is so we've gone through this car chase it's excellent right this yeah. is great we've had several set pieces so far which are all excellent the choreography the fight scenes mm -hmm. great top notch the yeah. car chase scene really great so yeah. a lot of the things here we haven't even gotten to tom cruise running we <laughs> haven't gotten to any of the like i mean this movie really starts once you get to london yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so we've only done the beginning and you've already hit things that could have been again enough to be the ending of a lot of other movies right so um <laughs> so is this a great dad a, movie <laughs> so far this is, a, this is a great dad movie yeah dads love action movies yeah yeah this is so, this is it's interesting in this day and age to hit this kind of action movie which is kind of a throwback to older action like they stand alone they're action movies in and of themselves they don't have to be part of a star wars or a marvel yeah. universe right what's interesting is it does belong to this universe now yeah and while it is a sequel i really think you could watch this movie without watching any of the other mission impossible oh movies yeah i, I totally agree it. i think yeah watching any character ones... they bring back from you know a previous movie they explain it sure at least you know so like because there's enough new people that they'll be like oh that's spoiler alert for next week's episode that's tom cruise's ex-wife we don't sure. worry about that you know, it's just like, there's lots of weird stuff that happens like that in it, but it's also, yeah. Yeah. The action scenes in this movie are just almost perfection. And and I think you're not watching this movie because of the connection to the other ones. You're watching it in and of itself being yeah. entertaining. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's almost, it's kind of nice that like, having watched all the other Mission Impossible movies and being a fan, you get that extra added benefit. Right. But you don't need to do that. Yeah. It's not, it's again, different than 
the reason that you like all the Star Wars movies is because you like Star Wars, and that's why that right. pulls you into it. You could totally not like the Mission Impossible movies, but then like this movie. Right. And as much as I like the MCU, uh, they don't stand on their own. <laughs> like, you can't just no. watch. Some of them are, are, some of them can, but some of them you're like, oh, I'm going to need to go back and watch that one to sort of understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, my favorite one, Endgame. I can't just say, hey, let's go watch Endgame right now to someone yeah. random. I mean, you can, but only because you've seen all the other movies. Right. right. Fallout, though, you could totally watch this by itself. Be totally yeah. fine. That might make you want to watch the other ones. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but don't go watch the second one. Unless yeah. you really like, unless you really like um, flips, like backflips, yeah. like slow backflips, yeah. and lots of birds being released, like doves motorcycles if you like not a motorcycle chase but motorcycle fighting like a motorcycle jousting is yeah what i would describe it as yeah it's that's a weird one it's a weird one three is really good three's it's got good. philip seymour hoffman yeah again um, though i think three is good it's a lot darker like the tone change that happens from three to four four five six to me is this is that's that is now modern mission impossible yeah are like the the ones that you could watch and they've just really amped up the entertainment three is a great i mean three is really good the first one's mm -hmm. a good movie too like they're these are good movies they're not like bad movies except for maybe two two is a bad movie <laughs> uh so three i think is entertaining but it doesn't hit it's very different tonally than the other ones yeah there is a sense of while there's a sense of adrenaline and you know life and death and this is going to be um Terrible if it, if it, if it, if there's just not the same level of suspense. Yeah. Um, and there is like, Philip Seymour Hoffman's really creepy. Super that might creepy. Just be, that might just be it. Like, it, that just, drags the whole thing down. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh. And he, well, it drags it down. I mean, it makes it, he's more, he's more Hannibal Lecter than Solomon Lane, let's say. Yeah. It, it's again like the four, five, six bring in this like Fast and the Furious kind of energy to it it it's, it's a little bit lighter it's a yeah. little bit more over the top i mean it starts with like you know four five and six we got tom cruise hanging off the top of the largest um building in the world yeah that's goes that's four yeah five he's hanging he literally hangs off the outside of a plane as it's taking off right <laughs> and then this one We've already talked about some of the crazy stuff that happens. We haven't hit we the haven't best part. We haven't even gotten to the craziest action yeah. scene maybe in the history of action scenes. Yeah, it, in uh, we, it's awesomely entertaining. We'll get to that in part two. Uh, yeah. I can't wait because I, I love I that scene so much. When I saw it, I was like, well, this is an all-time action scene. I think we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll get into it. All right. I don't know. if Do we need a dad bod of the week? For... Maybe we could just make it Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames is good. I'm glad he's in this movie. Yeah. He's very famous in the first movie for being excited about the Pentium chip, which is <laughs> now very slow. <laughs> but that's that's the thing that he's the tech nerd in the first movie, yeah. and uh, that's his the line that I remember the most from it. I remember you remember the movie. I think it was the movie. Uh, was it Slackers? Is he in that? They, but no, no, he's not in it. But they were. This was you know a movie about computer hackers in like the nineteen nineties. Yeah, and they and they're 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 crowing about like a twenty eight eight modem. Ooh, <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah so All right but anyway so uh tune in next week for uh part two of uh mission impossible fallout 
thanks for listening. Do all the things that you're supposed to do when you listen to a podcast. Um, and uh, we will see you all next week. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>